Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. This is The Material Podcast, episode number 350. I am your host, Florence Ion, and I am joined here by my co-host, Andy Anako. Hi, Andy. Congratulations on 350. We forgot. So I completely forgot to get... um, cake anything we, well, but- we, we get it next week see I, I did i did think about it i was planning on going like to the grocery store with a good bakery today but it actually snowed this afternoon and it was like uh, i kind of i heard of, and i heard about that and i well i was going to confess that i bought an absurd number of girl scout cookies and that there is no such thing as an absurd amount of girl scout cookies <sighs> it is exactly the right amount all of them it is <laughs> it is a graveyard of Girl Scout cookie wrappers out on the kitchen countertops right now because everybody that has been walking through this house has been going in there. My mom, my cousin, my kid, my husband, me. I came home with a couple of like half eaten sleeves with thin mints. So, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Yeah. It's that's why I said I would hold off on the 350 sweetness thing because I've been kind of overindulging and you know, you got to keep your blood sugar regulated. Yeah, again, I'm I've I've been trying to get back onto the the usual house rule which I've been breaking during COVID, which is like no no sweets inside the house unless you bake it yourself from scratch. And so but and occasionally I have like you know you go you go to like the day old the, the day old bakery stuff and it's like are you kidding me like a whole like three or three like uh three of those really good chocolate chip scones that I really really like and it's like a buck 50 like I can't not buy this. I cannot yeah. not take this home. I would be a fool. And the nice thing about scones is because they're so packed with butter, they get more moist over time. Yeah, as they stale versus dry. <laughs> so- <laughs> see, as, see the the thing is, it's like when when you, when you get like one of those big like softball size muffins. By the time you're halfway through it, you've 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 lost the ability to deceive yourself into into thinking that oh no 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 I'm not just having a big piece of cake for breakfast. It's like but when you, it's a scone, it's like it looks like a biscuit. It's sweet but not so sweet that your brain is not willing to play yeah. along with the lie. That yeah. oh no 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 this is it's not healthy of course but no 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 this isn't like it's not like we're having a candy bar for oh how, just just don't look at the little print out label and find out how many calories are in each one of these. Yeah. I don't look on the box of the Girl Scout cookies either because who yeah. cares? Oh, it's, but, it, yeah, but it's, it's so hard. It's like when, when it's a seasonal thing, I, uh, I had my, I blew my first opportunity like a week ago, two weeks ago, because, um, like I, I walked to the, I walked to the, to the market cause it's like less than a mile away. So I really have no excuse for, mm-hmm. you know, taking a car or even taking a bike usually. And so I'm, <laughs> I've literally got like a backpack and like a, a, a carry, a carrier bag, like full of like a week's worth of groceries which will include again like day old scones. So I have something. I did get that one sweet thing, and I'm, again I've just spent like my, you know a lot of money on on gross meats everything. And like I'm passing by this 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 minivan that's or this SUV or whatever that's parked by the side of the road with a with a mm-hmm. with a tailgate up with all these cookies in it and all these yeah. moms and kids are so, and I'm like. I oh I don't I need to buy some cookies like Andy you are literal you've got like thirty you're carrying thirty pounds forty pounds of food you do not need more food more cargo <laughs> particularly not but it's again there's something there's something about the the thin mints there's something about the tag uh, they, they used to be called Samoans now now are they, they tagalogs they're still the, Samoans no they're okay. still Samoans I have a box right here. Excuse me, Samoas. Samoas. They're not Sorry. Samoans. We're not eating Samoans. We're eating. We're only eating their Samoas. We're only eating their 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 territorial homeland. Yeah. Uh, yes. So we have the crisp cookies with caramel, coconut, and dark chocolatey stripes. God, these are the best. Yeah, yeah. I've been slowly eating them. These are like my morning snack. Yeah. Oh God. I did not mean for us to talk about Girl Scout cookies, but in America, they are. It's it's just part of the background of living here it's part of the culture you every yeah. year you do girl scout cookies you can and you can pick from your favorite girl scout like you don't have to just go to any girl scout org and do it you just like find a little girl or maybe your friend is the mom or a parent of a little girl <laughs> little brownie scout and you just you give them in my case 120 dollars <laughs> You know, you just really like that little girl. And the, so. and the and the box says that we're teaching them business skills. So 
but see, and see, stem. It's it's, it's 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 a stem too. Exactly. <laughs> it's it's also it's seasonal, so it's part of like the metronome of That's like very the, of the yearly calendar. It's like a fam- oh wow, it's Girl Scout season season time already. Wow, wonderful. And it's uh, again like uh, I I can easily I I I love Nutter Butter cookies, but it's easy for me to like not buy like a whole bag of Nutter Butter cookies every single week. You know, because it's like, okay, again, who, who's going to, you're going to bring these back to the house and who's going to eat all of them either today or over the next few days, only you, Andy. So maybe you shouldn't buy these bags, this bag of cookies, but when it's like, oh, but this is like my one shot per year, maybe two shots per year of, of, of getting Thin Mints and, and Samoans, Samoas, it's like, ah, it's, it has a sense of occasion. It's, it's like being, uh, it's, it's, it's like not having a slice of birthday cake at a birthday party. It's like it's not like I'm buying a whole bakery birth bakery cake and taking it home and eating it all myself in two or three days. Look, I mean, it's a it's a festival. It's a gathering. It's a gathering of cookies. <laughs> it's a gathering of cookies in my tummy. <laughs> Speaking of, I, I actually I don't know why I was going to try and segue from in my tummy. Sorry I that of, I thought I, I could. I kind of threw you there. I could have, I could have, I could have, I could have set you up a little bit better. Yeah. Um. Well, I want to know how how's your how's your Pixel Six doing? I'm. I've been. You know, I took uh the. I recently came back from a short little trip, which I happened to fall in the middle of a strike, which I'm not on anymore. By the way, I'm now back at work. And um, I took the Galaxy S22 Ultra with me and, you know, it's been, I, yeah, it's been making me think more and more about whether I could do this, which is Samsung. So, you know, I'm curious, how's your Pixel 6 doing? Now, the the phone is doing fine. It's my relationship with the company that I'm starting to question because I'm starting to feel as though Google is like playing with me, playing with all of us, like Pixel 6 owners, like doing that they're trying to get inside my head because then because here's what's happened here's what happened like in the last within the span of the last two and a half weeks or so so uh all of a sudden i get an out, out from the blue i get i get an email from google saying hey for pixel six so for pixel six owners you know here's a ten dollar store credit at the at the google store it's like oh okay oh and, and by the way don't if you think you're going to be holding on to this until we release the pixel watch Think, think again, Chester, because this this expires like March sixteenth or something. Oh. You know, but you got a two week window, so so I mean, oh. oh oh is okay. Isn't that nice? That's you know that's ten dollars. I mean, it's it's not like getting a free speaker or a free display or anything like that. But ten bucks is ten bucks, and so like I think most people do when they get like a they don't they don't say ooh I'm gonna buy a five hundred dollar thing and and knock like sales tax off of it. No, I'm gonna find try to find the cheapest thing I can. And see if I can get it for free, or almost free. And I, I, I failed successfully because um, I found out that I, I remembered that this exists for the. I'm holding up the uh, this uh, the AC adapter for the uh, Google Google oh, right. Chromecast with, with, plug. with right with with Google TV. Um, it can, you can hook it up via Ethernet. If you plug in a, either a powered USB-C hub or – but they also sell for $20 this AC adapter with a very long USB-C power but also has in the in the power brick end of it like a, an Ethernet connector to it. So believe it or not, I've had like this $50, $60 uh, USB-C uh, dongle that I bought for my MacBook like plugged into it for – nine months 10 months only because right, i wanted I remember only because i wanted to switch it mm-hmm. to ethernet and uh so yeah great so for 10 bucks now i can now i can get not only that back but i can also get the USB C ac uh, ac adapter charger that i've got powering that hub uh, i can get that off the hub too so okay that that's nice okay great so i got the stuff back that was you didn't have to do that but it's, a, it's like getting a card it's not your birthday it's not it's not christmas or anything it's just hey friend just thinking of you Hoping to hope you hope you have a time to smell the flowers. Like, oh, isn't that nice? And then, like, maybe, and then, oh, so maybe this relationship of like shipping a product that you know it has some bugs and has some growing pains with it. And then, boom, this week the March feature drop uh, for Pixel phones uh, was released, and it's available for every phone except for the Pixel sixes. So, uh, so everyone, everyone, the Pixel, my Pixel four A. Uh, oh, actually, I don't think I don't know if it's yeah. I think I think it's at least the pixel five for sure uh gets the battery widget the text-to-speech and live phone calls uh a couple a couple other cute things i don't and it's like oh 
It's like, what what is it about the Tensor chip that's giving Google so many problems in mm. getting software updates out on day and date with the rest of the Pixel line? There's, I, I, can, I can understand if third-party developers are facing this kind of a problem. It shouldn't happen because with Google's resources, I mean, their resources must be on the level of Apple's, and Apple has never had a problem about uh, so they they what, they're not nice in the way that they twist the arms of developers, but they often are twisting their arms in a in a positive way, saying the reason why we're forcing you to switch from these old APIs to the new APIs is because we can't tell you that three years from now we're doing a whole processor swap, and if you start writing your software like this now in 2017, in 2022, you will not have to do anything to make your software run with our new stuff. But like, why why is Tensor? Uh, this new seep, this new Google Silicon. Why is it giving it them so many problems? That has it has to be the the, the tensor chip it has to be the the Google Silicon, right? I was just, I apologize. I went to go look at my OnePlus to see if <laughs> it, you know it was possible that maybe I got a little update or something. Um, I, I, I don't know if it's tensor. I don't know. Is it tensor? Is it hmm. something else? Is it the way that they're partitioning android maybe hmm. that's creating some issues because isn't i mean i mean to, to just today i was writing about like the new app bundles and excuse me the app archiving and uh you know google has been doing so much stuff under the hood with the android os i sometimes wonder if you know maybe that is the issue but that that is a really good point that i hadn't thought about the fact that there is like this new processor inside so of course there would be all these kinks to work out so to speak hmm. but let's i'm i'm not saying though that it's specifically there's they're they're messing around with my head but i'm saying i'm saying that on the list when we when we put all the stuff on the whiteboard of, of possibilities <laughs> let's make sure that we also list maybe they're just screwing with andy i mean and that is, that yeah. is my default re- reaction to everything because sometimes it does turn out to be true. But and sometimes it is a personal affront. <laughs> because really, I, I I I really am a lot to deal with sometimes, and sometimes that that frustration expresses itself in unhealthy, unproductive ways, even from large companies like Apple and Google and Facebook and Microsoft. Mm-hmm. Uh, Meta. <clears throat> Sorry, I, I mentioned Facebook. I I'll I'll start calling them Meta <laughs> when. <laughs> I will say I am jealous that uh, you got that adapter for the Google Chromecast because not that I think it would fix any problems that I have, but I just, I, ugh. Uh, 2022, we need to overhaul the living room TV. That's what's going to happen. Yeah, I need to do it. I need to do it. Uh, Well, okay, today, today, tonight, we're actually recording this at night, so it's going to be an interesting sort of after dark show. We're going to talk. First, we're going to talk a little serious here. There is a war going on overseas right now, and uh, Google's got a response to what's been going on and some action items that it's pulled through. So we'll talk to you about that. We'll also talk about how speedy Google is faster than Apple, but will it last forever? And is Samsung really faster than everybody? Or is it just faking its benchmarks? You know, Einstein taught us that speed is relative and it's relative to how much you're cheating, obviously. (laughs) An an object that is at rest, peaceful and serene in itself, not needing to cheat, will be perceived to be slower than an object that is frustrated with itself and angry with the, with the world and speeding up going fast 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 to fake its own results so not me it's science yeah i actually have a bit to say about that so i'm looking <laughs> forward to when we get to that and then finally we'll be talking about google fries <laughs> google fries as in french fries and also just so happens one of my favorite foods yes. <sighs> let's take a quick break This episode of Material is brought to you by Microsoft Lists, your smart information tracking app in Microsoft 365. Keeping track of information is something that's in everyone's job description today. Quite simply, writing things down is what works for simple lists. But it can get overwhelming when you need to stay on top of hundreds of items and get others to pay attention and act. 
Microsoft Lists is a Microsoft 365 app that helps you easily track information and organize your work. Lists are simple, smart, and flexible, so you can stay on top of what matters most to your team. Track issues, assets, routines, contacts, inventory, and more using customizable views and smart rules and alerts to keep everyone in sync. With ready-made templates, you can quickly start lists online on the new mobile app for iOS and directly within Microsoft Teams. And because it's part of Microsoft 365, you can rely on enterprise-ready security and compliance. And now we come to the personal experience part of the ad read, which is usually where I go a little bit freestyle. I like Microsoft Lists because I'm a big fan of list apps. We've... This is a piece of advice you always keep getting, and you never quite believe it because it's it's like getting that advice about when you when you go camping, always have a spare always have a spare pair of, of dry socks. It's just so simple that you kind of dismiss it, and then you realize that no, this is one of the most brilliant things <laughs> you could have ever been told by anybody ever anywhere. Uh, and it's about just write lists about things. This is how you manage projects. And it's very, very true if you, as an individual for here's what I need to do to get the get the house clean. But of course, it's even more uh, essential when you are in business and you're running a big, big project that's involving lots and lots of people. And by my view, a lot of list apps, and I've seen, I've used lots and lots of them. I'm a big fan of, of list apps. Uh, they, uh, for my needs and uh, as an individual and also when I'm working on big projects with teams, it gets either too simple, meaning that why am I using this app and I can just open a Google Doc or, or type, type things into a spreadsheet, or they get way, way too complicated, meaning that uh, the developer and the designers of this app have such a messianic mind view, this, this, uh, this religious like belief, and here is how projects should be managed, here is how lists should be managed and empowered, that it's like, I I can't afford seven months of intense study, climbing to the top of a mountain meditation to understand exactly how you want me to unlock the power of this app. As nice as this app is, what I like about Microsoft list is that it seems to find the sweet spot between those two. So that sometimes there, there are all kinds of lists that you will have uh, in your, in your Microsoft 365 account. Sometimes it will be just, I need to get some ideas out of my brain and into a tangible form. And so boom, 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 just type out things in a list form. And sometimes it's going to be a huge, really, really critical project management system that will coordinate information and actionable items between six, seven, eight, nine, ten people, uh, to say nothing of just simply informing like 10, 20, 30, 40 people of stuff that needs to happen. Uh, so it's very, very easy to do that, even just as a static, even just as a static. Uh, acquisition of data <laughs> and display of data system much much better than you can do uh, by pasting things into a spreadsheet but also it makes it really really easy to turn this into a living document where when a piece of information changes in this list i want this person to be a, be informed about it or i want these i want these notifications to happen when uh, a value changes within a certain range i want this to happen so it's not just something that if so the the 10 people that in your team kind of have to try to remember to take a look at this from time to time it's no when the person who is about to who simply makes a note in this list that this 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 action item this this part of the of the project workflow is now in real real jeopardy the person who's responsible for that part of the workflow instantly gets informed about that and knows what to do about it. Uh, and it's also flexible in terms of display. Uh, I keep coming. I don't want to, I don't want to dogpile on spreadsheets. They are very, very useful for just collecting information and, and organizing them, but they are, they will always be just an X, Y sort of access sort of thing. Whereas if you want to see all of your, uh, all of your items in this list in a calendar view, like let's say that I'm using it to manage uh, my, my posting schedule on my blog so that the, and so that the person who's selling ads for me and the person who's uh, keeping the system up and running are also cognizant of when uh, I might have a high traffic, high priority sort of thing happening. You can see a calendar so you can get a very, very good look at what my April is going to look like when you uh, need to see more of a like a list of post-its uh, tacked up on a corkboard view. You can get that view as well. So it's, uh, it's, it's a good example of the sort of thing that gives 
a, a lot of power to the person who uh, and the team that has to actually use this t- this tool of twenty four seven because the developer knows all about how to create a really great, powerful, dynamic multi user app, but only like these ten people know exactly how this list app is going to be used for this to solve this specific problem, and it seems to give that kind of power to those people. And that's why I, I'm I like Microsoft List. It's it's a cool app, very very useful, a really good addition to Microsoft three sixty five. I think. We now bring you back to your regularly scheduled ad read. Your lists just got a whole lot smarter. Get more done with Microsoft Lists. Go to aka.ms slash mslists for more information, videos, demos, blogs, and more. That's aka.ms slash mslists. Make a list and let it flow. Our thanks to Microsoft Lists for their support of the Material Podcast and all of Relay FM. So before we start this little section of the podcast, we do want to warn that there's some content warning coming up. We are talking about war and uh, things might get a little heated because even in the midst of a war, tech companies just can't help trotting out their stuff, showing what they can do. <laughs> it's it's such a, an interesting slash is it interesting? It's a very capitalistic dichotomy that we're talking about here. Yeah, I mean, that's, um, that's, that's to I mean, market that... yourselves to the people in war and the people watching the war from afar. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's, there's, it's it's hard. It's 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 hard to know uh, it, it, as as a consumer and as a journalist and just as an observer, you you feel like you have mm-hmm. to be on guard between on the one hand. Uh, a company like Google kind of has a responsibility to say, here's what's going on. Here's what we're seeing. Here's what we're trying to do. And that's perfectly fine. That's perfectly reasonable. Like particularly when we talking about a couple, a bunch of security stuff that they're doing uh, associated with the, uh, with the invasion of Ukraine. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, you don't want to be like those dopes in the first Gulf war. That's like, Oh great. We go, let's do it. Let's do a, a primetime special saluting our troops. So we, we have no idea what the conflict is about. We don't really care about these soldiers, but Hey, we've got a, we've, uh, we've got an ABC sitcom to promote. And so I'll, I'll dress up as uncle Sam. will do a, a skit with Casey Kasem. who will be dressed up as an American Eagle. It's like, no, could we just treat this as a very, very, this is not, this is not an opportunity to score points. Well, actually it is, but I'm, we're asking you to have the good taste not to try to score points. I will say it is. Let's look at the tech side of it first. So it is interesting to it is interesting to see what it is that they are doing to sort of respond to this global crisis. So Google put out two blog posts in particular. The first one is about how the company is working 24-7 to protect Ukrainian websites from floods of DDoS attacks, as well as embassies worldwide and agencies that are close to the crisis. Google has also expanded eligibility for Project Shield coverage. They actually said in the blog that they continue to see DDoS attempts against numerous Ukraine sites, including the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, Ministry of Internal Affairs, as well as services like Live UA Map designed to help people find information. And what an what an interesting way to sort of like pop up out of the ground and say, like, this is it almost seems like it's a it's difficult for Google to take a. I mean, this is Google taking a stance, is the way that I sort of read it. It's it's hard. Do you to, see what I'm saying? Yeah. No, it's. You're, I I understand that. Like we're siding with you, Ukraine, and this is how we're going to help them. That's sort of the way that I am seeing this. A lot. See, a, a lot of it is this. This is a. This is one of the really difficult lines that. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of tech companies are, are have, have been having to having to uh, having to observe. Uh, ICANN, for instance, was petitioned by the Ukrainian right. office of ICANN. Say, hey, we uh, we would we we think it's we think it would be the right thing to do for Russia to be cut off from the internet. So, if you were to shut down DNS service, if you were to su- shut down certificates uh, related to Russia and basically cut them off from the internet, and ICANN uh, f- considered it and came back with very very clear response. Of, a no, we're not going to do that, and a lot of that was based on the. They did list the technical reasons why it doesn't think that that would be a practical thing to try to do, but also just as I think even strong more strongly than that, they were saying that look, our our the purpose of our nonprofit is to keep the internet running. Our purpose is not to 
stop the internet from happening. And the problem is when cyber warfare involves trying to terminate internet service and trying to infect computers and try to bring down networks, it's hard to be a non-combatant when we are Google, we are Microsoft, we are, we are Facebook, our, our, probably more 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 microsoft cloud cloudflare or uh, google like we we for, for for years before this invasion our job has been to look for attempts to bring down networks and to stop them from happening and to share the information that will protect those networks from being infiltrated uh it's like we are not we can't just simply stop doing it because this is a war between uh, one-sided war there's an invasion force is trying to apply it to somebody else right so i, I although uh, the rest of the stuff that they posted in this, this is this is an, an update to their original blog post. So it wasn't as though they had this big press release. It was just like an addendum uh, updated for March fourth. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they're also saying that they're spending, uh, adding ten million bucks to what they're spending specifically to help relief organizations that are helping Ukrainian refugees who are escaping into Poland. Uh, they're highlighting an air raid warning app uh, uh, to uh, Android users uh, for using users of the Google Play Store. Uh, they're uh, uh, Google Fi is free inside the Ukraine. International calling outside of Ukraine is free on Google Fi. International calls from the U.S. into Ukraine is free. Are free. These are obvious. This is in these yeah. parts. They're obviously they obviously are taking aside. But for I think that as these things become more common, and this is because this is the first time we're we're seeing that exactly how difficult it's going to be for Apple for any large tech company to say that. Either to, to 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 take a hard stand and say that look we don't we don't know about the this conflict you've got inside your country between this this border state we've uh, let's say it's something that's more subtle than uh, what uh, than the invasion of, of Ukraine it's like but look if we are our, our common inter, we, there is an international coalition of of network engineers and security professionals and researchers whose job it is to protect networks and to keep malware from spreading and bringing down the entire internet so if you do something to disrupt the internet we will continue to do stuff to prevent that disruption and a country like russia could say no you're not you're 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 basically part of the defense ministry of this country that we're trying to invade and so now you're an enemy of us you're an american company and so now america is indirectly uh taking sides here and now this is a this is a nuclear war between nato and russia it's like ah all we were trying to do is to prevent you from taking down a newspaper's website will you chill for god's sake do you see why i said that so sheepishly it's because i'm afraid I'm afraid to like manifest something. I'm just yeah. it. It just feels like it's a it's a difficult line to toe as a tech tech company. Um, they did do a separate blog post as we mentioned, um, authored by Google's threat analysis group, and they actually reported on the scale and scope of the new cyber attacks related to the crisis. And so this is sort of interesting. They've detected and are working to block multiple phishing campaigns originating from the Russian military and targeting a major Ukrainian media company. This is, just sounds like a very familiar tactical thing to do. Yeah. Separate campaigns originating in Belarus are targeting Polish and Ukrainian government and military organizations. The Post also reports on a Chinese threat actor targeting European organizations with another phishing campaign operating through file attachments purporting to contain information related to the situation in Ukraine. Holy crap, that's really malicious. Um, I, again, though, in all of this, I'm reading a lot of a side taken. (laughs) Well... Yeah, I, I know, just, and yeah. I'm not. I'm not trying to put it so simplified. I apologize. I'm not trying to make it sound like that, but <sighs> yeah, it's well. It, what does does it bother you if they're taking a side? No, it doesn't. Here's the reason I'm sort of like alluding to it, though, is because over here in the Bay Area, where you know Silicon Valley originates. I've been seeing a lot of headlines in our local papers about the tech workers who have lost their lives in Ukraine because of the war. And I was privy to some of those every morning, right? I'm I'm opening the SF Chronicle, which I subscribe to and like read through the headlines. And it makes me really sad because it does put a name and a face to these people. It hits 
makes it hit closer to home. And I think Google has a responsibility as a global employee employer to show how they show up for the people who come work for them in such a way. Like, I I think they feel like they have this responsibility to do that, which is why they're like, here's what we're pushing. Like, here's everything we can do. Here's our, we're going to stop like profiting off of this and just like open the lines for everybody to use as they need. It's just, it's really interesting because it just shows the way that capitalism can sort of morph. I don't know. I'm, this is, I guess this is a thought that I didn't really, um, outline so well, but it was something that I was thinking as I was going through just because other tech companies have been acting certain ways as well. I mean, Nintendo cut back on releasing a game because like a war game, because they just said, you know, this is not really like the right time to be releasing this. And so it's interesting to see how the tech companies are throwing their, you know, one half it, yes, it is like a marketing thing. It's like, look how, we're on the pulse of the world and this like the world relies on us. And so here's our, how our services can be made useful in these situations. On the other part, it's like, uh, there's war and yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's quite sobering and it's helping us to define what this internet thing is. Um, We've had it for 20 years now, uh, 20 years or more. Uh, and we're still, we need to see how this organism interacts with this environment, how it morphs and changes as yes. its environment changes to understand what this thing is. And it's be- to me, it's becoming uh, more and more clear that it really is part of, it, 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 it's not even a nation, it's not a company, it is like the nitrogen in the air. It's like the, it's like the water, it's like, uh, it's like the f- fertile soil. It is this thing that wants to grow and wants to survive and wants to thrive. And there are eco-warriors out there who want the internet to continue to thrive and survive. And they're going to make that a priority. And if you try to attack the internet, they are going to defend that internet. They're almost to the point of anthropomorphizing it and taking it as a personal insult that you're trying to do something to harm this this innocent component of of Mother Earth. Because it is is something that sustains us. It's something that we rely on. It's something that can help us to grow. Humanity, yes. Uh, and and yes. and it's another call to it's another one of those terrible terrible reminders of uh, the problems of adulthood the complexity of ethics responsibility and principle that we don't uh, you don't ha- sometimes you find yourself in a position where you don't have the option of staying out of it you know that mm-hmm. if you if you have any mm, principles whatsoever yeah. You're going to have to pick one side or another, okay? That, unfortunately, that, you're, you're, in, you're inside a burning forest, okay? And mm. you can't say that, oh, this has nothing to do with me. This doesn't affect me at all. I hope you people work this out uh, because you are part of this ecosystem as well. And when you this the same thing is happening with again Microsoft with Apple with ICANN with all these organizations right. saying that maybe you don't when you, when you decided that hey uh, in your dorm room I'm going to create a system so that uh, people at Harvard can, can like communicate with each other and look each other up by picture you didn't imagine that you were creating an infrastructure that the entire world is going to rely upon for social connection unfortunately yep. here you are you can't now say that I have no responsibility uh, for Oopsie. for what happens that I don't I uh, that I can't make a choice uh, about uh, about who gets to where I where my company operates where it does not because unfortunately you're, if you don't make that decision you're going to have that decision made for you by events and you're not going to like the results of that so it's it, it's it's tough territory uh, I have I have a lot of sympathy for all of these companies who are navigating this on the level of we've got 103 people in this country that work for us. I know I have uh, in the past, in the past month and a half, I've gotten to know what all their names are. I know what family they have in the United States. I know exactly where they live. And now I know exactly where the fighting is and where it's, how it's moving towards them. They have to make those kind of decisions. And they also have to make the decisions of, do I shut down uh, the entire business and this entire country? Uh, 
basically putting thousands of people out of work? Do I, do I deprive the citizens of Russia of this comfort or this resource? Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's such a complex decision. This is where it comes down to. We all have not one principle. This is the thing that it's so hard to, it's so hard as a child to understand that part of the, the dirt of being an adult is that, no, you have a lot of principles and they're going to fight each other inside your head. And you're not going to know which one is the, which ones are the most important in this situation. You're just going to get as much information as you can. You're going to make the best decision you can and hold your nose and move forward from it. Uh, Cause you're not going to know 10 years from now, if you thought you did the right thing, uh, you're only going to find that in hindsight. But today you just have to make a decision. You cannot be on the sidelines when you, I'll, I'll, I'll wind this up, but it's like, I I won't, uh, there have been a couple of times where I have been in that kind of situation personally, where it's like, uh, I don't want to get involved in this fight. How I'm I'm talking about like something that's boiling into a physical alteration uh, altercation. That's like, but I am, you know, circumstance has placed me here in this moment. And I don't feel as though the responsible thing to do is simply say, Hey, I'm just a bystander here. I have nothing to do with this person who is definitely about to work a piece of violence on this other person. You have to do, you, you have to make a choice and you're not going to, if I, if, if, if I had been, you know, knifed in a fight, that would have been bad. I would have not have hoped for that result. I might've mm-hmm. in retrospect thought, you know what? I bet I could have just like left that subway station and everything would have been pretty much fine. Like no, no one would have gotten stabbed. Certainly not me, or I could have done nothing and someone got stabbed and ki- got killed. And I thought that, gee, I had an idea where I could just distract this person and get their minds off of this moment and this instant. And again, you're never going to know what the right decision is, whether you're a person or a company, but you have to make a decision. You have to take it to side. When you find yourself in the middle of that fire, you have to you have to decide where you stand on the subject of fire. It's, it's not always as easy as simply picking up a hose or picking up a shovel. End of sermon. And I feel like that is a good spot for us to take a break. And when we come back... Something a little more speedy. (laughs) (laughs) Benchmarks, benchmarks. Aren't they fun? They're more fun for everyone. Okay. I tried to make a rhyme. I'm sorry. It didn't work, but... Who doesn't uh, enjoy a bench from time to time? (laughs) Benchmarks are such a big part of what we do for a living that it's... Sometimes it's hard for me to sit in like a benchmarks. We actually have some interesting news about benchmarks lately, especially Google Chrome benchmarks. Apparently, apparently Google's testing pretty darn well in Apple's own browser benchmark, <laughs> which uh, of course makes for a really fun headline. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's and it's like this it wasn't just simply like oh somebody did some independent person just did a test. Uh, Apple developed its own like benchmark test uh, called uh, cunningly enough speedometer or speedometer. Yeah, but Andy, but, is that it's that's an Apple name? Come on, like I, I know automator or how how fanciful is the name? Speedometer? Text edit. I don't know. It's you know speedometer speedometer. Anyway, uh, so, so but but what I I kind of like uh, when I saw this this news item like. Like, oh, no, it's not like just somebody at Macworld or somebody at like PC World or uh, or 9to5 Google or whatever did a benchmark and say, oh, wow, hey, look, uh, the Google Chrome, like the latest Google Chrome, like uh, scored like 300 uh, on uh, on the on the on the speedometer test on the latest like M1 MacBook Pro. And, oh, wow. Hey, what's what, what is Safari? Oh, wow. Safari is 277. It totally beat the crap out of it. Woo. And th- that's like, no, like. Oh, Google. So it's you who's trumpeting how great your new browser is like, you better be really, really, really right about this, because that could be a big just like frozen ego waffle that you thought was fully cooked, but there was still that frozen line in the middle of it. You bit into it. And that's how bad it could be. And yeah, it turned out that it turned out that it was a frozen ego waffle uh, because Macworld (laughs) magazine uh, unexpectedly decided oh wow yeah it turns out that that is actually true uh, they uh google was saying oh it's seven it's seven percent faster than safari they found it was four percent but okay it was still beating it and then he said then they thought well of course 
why don't we just see whether the Apple just seeded a new developer beta release of, uh, of the uh-huh. OS, including Safari. Let's see how fast it is compared to like the latest beta. And it scored like uh, Google Chrome did 300 and this beta did 297. So it's like, okay, so it's not actually ahead. It's just failed to fall behind, which is something. It's nice. You know, this is just the way that Google does its thing. It's always, it's always, it knows Apple is its big, biggest competition in terms of platforms. So of course it's always going to go after those like numbers just oh look just in comparison look how much faster we are but at the end of the day there's a reason that so many professionals go to an apple computer and use apple's applications <laughs> on an apple computer and it's because they're just optimized to work the best on its own devices and um and as fast as google chrome may be it is still one of the most bloated browsers <laughs> so yeah. Uh, granted i'm using it right now to talk to andy and do this podcast but do you know how much cpu is being eaten right now (laughs) yeah that's the thing how how, how much how much like uh how much power per watt of of energy being consumed it's like i i i just i just i I wish i wish that chrome weren't so useful to me as like a global bookmarking tool and I wish it weren't so reliable as a no nonsense. This is just going to be a web browser that will do everything that cor- everything correctly, as opposed to Safari, which is like we decided to reconceptualize what upper and lowercase stand for inside an interface. So we have no vowels in any of the but. Oh God, don't think. Just just give me just give me a home button. Give me an address bar. <laughs> Don't recontextualize things. Don't try to make things better. Just make it work. But yeah, I, I, I would love to, I would love to get like the eighty one hours of battery life on my MacBook Pro that I, I should be able I should be able to get if I'm running Safari versus the eighteen minutes that I get running Chrome. <laughs> I might be exaggerating, but there is there is a there is a discernible difference. Hmm. Well, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, now, Geekbench has brought to us another controversy on the side of Samsung and its benchmarking process. (laughs) So it's actually, it's okay. So I have to say that this happened while I was on strike. So (laughs) I missed like all the madness of this initial uh, headlining, but apparently Geekbench has actually delisted Samsung's phones from its performance rankings which is a really big deal because remember, like less than two weeks ago, we just had the maelstrom of Galaxy S22 reviews hit, right? Because the phones just came out and everything. So all those benchmarks that folks like even myself were doing for reviews, they're essentially null. This <laughs> makes it somewhat null, I should say. Somewhat yeah. null, I want to say. And I'll explain why I say somewhat null. So Geekbench, I'll explain at the end of this. So Geekbench, you know, one of the most used applications for benchmarking in the industry, accused Samsung of cheating last week. Users in South Korea discovered that the past few years' worth of Galaxy S-Class phones were throttling the performance of more than 10,000 apps. It's a lot of apps. (laughs) The culprit is apparently Samsung's game-optimizing service. Now, this is something, by the way, that if you're an Android user, you know a lot more manufacturers have been coming out with their own version of like a game launcher. It, you know, sets the system at its most optimized performance level so that, you know, if you're playing like Asphalt 5 or right. any of those really virtually intensive games that you're, um, you don't get, you know, distracted, frame rates, make, make, great, make, make sure the Make sure the GPU, it gets gets as much resources as, as it wants. It's probably, you're, pr- exactly. you're, prob- you're probably not going to need a whole lot of like spreadsheet math. You're probably going to need a lot of graphics math, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Precisely. Now, the problem with the game optimizing service is that the system file defines those 10,000 apps <laughs> as things that need to be put into this game optimizing service. And those are common apps. We're not just talking games here. So some of the apps include oft-used apps like Uber. Okay. So that would technically throttle your system. CNN, uh, the McDonald's app, which by the way is a great app, lots of freebies in there. Uh, Adobe Lightroom Mobile, Facebook, also an oft-used app, Apple Music, hilariously, and Slack. Again, 
another oft-used app. Now, it turns out the game-optimizing service, while it is throttling those apps I just mentioned, it isn't throttling the Geekbench. So everything just seems kind of sketchy. Um, a Korean YouTuber actually ran a benchmark app twice. The second time, they changed the name of the app to match one on the list of the throttle apps, one of those 10,000 apps. The resulting benchmark was half that of the same benchmark app when it identified itself to the phone correctly. So there seems to be something going on with this like game launcher, is my thinking. Yeah. Um, it's I mean, it's it's weird in that you, can, you, you there's a case to be made that like a game app doesn't really care about battery life. It's just one. It's just going to try to get the best performance. And so maybe mm-hmm. that's a positive thing for the system to say, "Hey, your 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 need for speed. Uh, I'm gonna not. I'm not, not going to let you have access to the full power of the CPU and the GPU here because we want people. Well, I'll give you lots of it, but not so much that the phone is dead after 45 minutes. Uh, but it's weirder when common apps appear in this list, not just games. Like I looked at this list. It's like an Excel spreadsheet with 10,000 items and like 4,000 of them are essentially every common Android app you've ever heard of. Um, and when they specifically say that if it's a benchmarking app, for God's sakes, we don't want you to throttle the performance at all. You, Geekbench, you have access to the full unfettered power of the CPU, GPU, RAM and everything. That's super sketch. That's like, you know. Yeah, I have to say, by the way, my OnePlus does this. Like, I will launch one of my shopping apps and then it'll go into game mode. I'm like, really? I know shopping is like a game of money, but, you know. Yeah. And well, and, and OnePlus got into trouble uh, last year or the year before. That's for, true. For the exact same thing. Only they, they, they were a little getting bit, in trouble. They, only they, they were a little bit more weaselly. Like, we're asked the... If if this were if this were a scam, then Samsung did like finally respond to this like a week later, just today. Uh, but uh, if if this if this was a scam, they can say that oh well, of course we left the geek bed. We it's it's we got a list of all the apps that should be throttled or should be changed in some way. Whereas the OnePlus was specifically saying, oh by the way, here is a performance mode that. This phone can only access when it detects that it's, that it's being it's having a, a benchmark test run on it. So it will like if you if you do nothing but like run benchmark tests on a OnePlus phone last year, the year before, again the battery would die in like uh, I'm exaggerating, but like four four minutes because it's like no, no no I don't care how hot this this phone gets I don't care what it does to the battery we want the highest numbers on Geek Geekbench we can possibly get. Whereas this one, they can at least say that, okay, well, no, it's passive. We decided that if you're trying to test the performance of the device, we should make sure you have access to everything, right? Yeah, so it looks like uh, Samsung has changed its customer support site to say that the function of the game optimizing service is to limit the performance of the CPU and GPU to prevent overheating. That's a nice little save. But I have to say... I think this whole story is hilarious because <laughs> Samsung actually their Galaxy S22 devices um did not knock us out of the ballpark <laughs> at least on the Gizmodo benchmark charts. Uh the iPhone 13 way outpaces <laughs> even the Qualcomm uh Snapdragon 8 Gen 1 SoC that's inside this thing. So <laughs> yes. All, all this all this trouble over an SOC that like is fine, but it's not like the best. Yeah, so it was it, it was it was basically I I <laughs> the, on, on uh, during the section in gym class where all of us in class had to had to run a mile. It's like well, most of the class <sighs> finished in like under seven minutes. Most class finished under nine minutes. Andy finished under twelve, but hey, he shaved eight seconds off of last year's time. Again, that's the and I cheated by cutting a corner. I don't need to cheat because it's pretty much. And, and but, you know what, Andy? But it brought you here to me, who <laughs> also did a twelve-minute mile. There you go. Because there is no way in heck this bookworm was going to do any running at school. Please. Yeah, I guess it's not like they were going to hold me back a grade for like running a twelve-minute mile. But yeah, and 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 but, but but before we get off of this, though, we should, to be fair. Every, every, even desktop computers, they're designed to protect the hardware from overheating. Yes. So the, correct. If, this, this is why like uh, in, in, we're talking about gaming, like in gaming PCs, 
one of the features that people who are super keen on gaming want right. to know is that can this can the CPU can this motherboard be overclocked? Like, can exactly. they basically take off the restrictions? Say, I don't care. I don't care if I have to put yeah. a block of ice on top of the CPU. Uh, give me the entire. Give me. I don't care if this if it shaves like two years off the life of this piece of silicon. Like, give me the fastest performance I can possibly exactly. get. Exactly. But it, but it does. It's it's. Uh, Samsung might have been able to head off all of this if they simply. Like somewhere in a white paper, somewhere on the website, somewhere in some briefing to some very technical minded website, they said, and of course, when you benchmark this, you're going to see that we've, uh, uh, you're going to see that it's not, it's running faster than the benchmarks because we want, we're doing pure system performance. But of course, you understand that it's because we don't, and day to day use, we don't want the, the CPU, the GPU to be burned up. Yeah, yeah, that could have been explained a little bit better than it was, I think, as the person who did just review these new phones. But um, interesting, you know, it's an interesting thing that's being adopted by the Android uh, side of things, this game launcher. And I just want to say the whole reason I like the game launcher is because it turns on the screen recording mode. And I don't know what it is, but I just love to have screen recordings of (laughs) my phone. It's like a memory. It's, I don't know. I don't know. Someday I'm going to be very old and wanting to like relive my life. And I will be happy that I did this weirdly obsessive recording of things. So, so, we're, so for us, my grandparents would make us sit through like slideshows of their trip to Sicily in 1968. Like our grandchildren will have to see like our Super Mario 3 speed run. Now, correct. Now the pro. Now the thing is, a lot of people are applying. We're applying the the system patch for this. But if you leave this, uh, if you leave the glitch intact, you can actually go right through this block, which has been. Yes, Grandma, <laughs> you were a badass. <laughs> uh, all right, we're gonna take a quick break. Brb. Well, I have to say, I had a little bit of FOMO because even though I was, look, I'm still very scared to get on a plane or not scared. I should say very hesitant to get on a plane. I'm not quite there yet, but I have opened myself up to going out into the world, like leaving the house. The idea of going all the way to Barcelona right now seems like a lot. It seems like quite something to uh, commit to. And I just, but I still have FOMO. And I guess I should thank the brave men and women who got on the planes and went to go eat the hamon. That was I was about to say, like I, I'm totally with you when it comes to Paris, London, you know, any place. But I've I've been to Barcelona for Mobile World Congress, and I've I've had many 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 hams. Like it's like, and they don't make it hard for you to find excellent ham. It's like. There was a supermarket, like like a, like a little shopping mall, like next to my hotel, and like to the imagine walking through like a, a a mall where you are and saying, oh, here's here's more another stall that will uh, that will like sell you iPhone cases and repair your broken screen. <laughs> Only like there's like stall after stall of we have hams. Would you like would you like some hams? And I said, yes, I would. I would very much like some ham. Thank you very much. That, so that 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 could that could bring me. Out. I don't. I'm not ready to fly yet. But that would have to make you think. Ooh, they got that ham there. I haven't had that kind of ham in mm-hmm. quite a while. Well, you know who did have some ham for us is Jules Wang over at Android Police. Now, Jules is actually a, a pal of mine, so I was really pleased to see <laughs> um, Andy included this in the show notes because Jules is great at traveling and great at having experiences. And apparently this year, so usually what Google does at MWC is um, the FIRA in Barcelona, that's what the convention center is called, is the greatest convention center. Every floor, it's like eight floors, I think. Every floor has like a different theme. Usually this is pre-pandemic MWC and um, are very easy to get to. Like the escalators just take you up and then the escalators just take you down. And it's the easiest thing I've never had an anxiety attack in Barcelona, (laughs) (laughs) only at the other conventions. Now, in the middle of all these uh, floors is usually like a garden area where you can go outside. Obviously, there's people smoking, uh, but there's also like little um, experience areas that like companies will put up. And so Google gets one of these every year at the FIRA, and it looks like 
This year they were selling French fries out of it, but not just any French fries. French fries that were showing off some of what Google's products can do. Oh, I don't want to interrupt you, but I really hoped and thought that you were going to say not just French fries, but fully loaded French fries. Not like not like where they say that, hey, oh, we're, gonna, yeah. we're, we're gonna take the, these planks of starch and deep Sorry. fat fry them, but that and put salt all over them, but that's not enough. We're also gonna like cover them with like meats and cheeses they and hams so good. and stuff. Um, so this was I love French fries. So Jules posted pictures of let's see, it looks like Okay, so there's definitely cheese, obviously cheesy fries. That's like a thing I grew up eating. Um, tomatoes on fries, and then it looks like a charred, uh, blackened situation of some sort on top of them. Uh, whatever I'm looking at looks absolutely delicious. Yeah. It, let's see. Some of the other varieties that we had here is uh, we had French fries. <laughs> <laughs> which includes mayonnaise, gruyere cheese. We have Japanese fries, which is written in kanji, so I don't understand. Uh, I, I can't translate what it says. But since I can't read what it says, what Google would like me to do is take out my Android device and use Google Lens to translate it, because guess what? It can do that on the device now. Mm. Let's take this and do this. Hold on, I'm on my OnePlus phone, so it took a while. Let's see. <laughs> Okay, detect a language. Oh, interesting. Okay. Oh. That's oh. filthy. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> it's doing all the translations at once. Okay, so yeah. what it's trying to show you is that the assistant is so smart that it can translate multiple language at a time, multiple languages at a time uh, to your preferred language. And look at that. It definitely did. So Greek includes pomegranate ink, tannin, mint, fresh pomegranate, and three lozenges. Sucrets, because, of course, you're, you're at Mobile World Congress. You, your throat gets a little dry and scratchy. This is the translation, the by the way, friend. from Google Translate. <laughs> um, Spanish potatoes are spices, bravas, and manchego cheese, obviously. Mm. Japanese is miso ponzu mayonnaise. Oh, that sounds so good. See sushi people. I don't the bad translation. Uh it probably means like the uh sushi seasoning, you right. know, like sesame, seaweed, pickled plum ketchup. Oh man. I just I just want I just want a flight of these ketchups. Like now I, I agree. <laughs> it's, it's like we're we're gonna we're gonna end this show and before like I record the the, the commercial, I'm just gonna be like uh, where where do I find fancy international ketchups? Cause I, I need to up my ketchup game. I know. It's late at night for both of us, and I feel like we're both craving fries right now. Big time. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's you're not you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Yeah. Uh, but the but it was it was so it there was a point to it in that just like the, the waiter or the host who like seated like four people at a time at these four top tables. It's like, Oh, what, what, what's that mean? You, you don't, you don't naturally speak Japanese. Why here I use my Samsung Z fold model three and Google translate to translate the menu so that you can order what's the, Oh, I'm sorry. I, you must not be able to understand me because I don't speak your native language. Perhaps you can use Google, the Google translate, excuse me, no Google lens on the menu, just as you did. Mm -hmm. Now use Google translate to order it. So in a, have it speak a language that I can understand. And then at the end, it's like, Oh, well, here's your bill. 10 Euro for the fries. Like, Oh wait, it's on me. My I, Samsung watch. Why don't I use right the tap to pay feature? Exactly. And it's like, I see, I, I'm sure like you you have the same reaction that I did that, I would be like, uh, oftentimes, oftentimes when I'm at like a big like show like this, particularly like a huge international show where you can't, you're, there is not enough time to see half of the things that you should see. Mm -hmm. Okay. And let alone. It, it, Eight it floors. Exactly. It's, and so, so you have to really budget your time. So if you, yeah, no, I'm, you know what? I know the Google translate is a thing. I know the Google lens is a thing. I know the tap to pay is a thing. How do you think I got on board my plane? I don't need to learn the, Ooh, but I can get like free loaded fries with sushi and exotic ketchups. I will very much sit and <laughs> sit and and be be astounded oh, by this technology. It's a, ti if you it's a timeshare presentation, True. but instead of timeshare, it's selling Google features. And it understands the journalists <laughs> want food. We want again. <laughs> I will say so. The last time I went to MWC, which I think was 2016, they did a hot chocolate exhibit. 
in the same <laughs> space. So it was hot chocolate with different fixings on it. <sighs> yeah. See, a hot chocolate would be nice right now too because it's right before bed. But the problem is if you make it with too much sugar, then you get a sugar rush and then you can't fall asleep. And the chocolate gives you a bit of a caffeine rush and then you really can't fall asleep. And you know what? If you're going to be up for four hours anyway, why not just get some pie? Oh, my God. Why are you doing that to me? <laughs> I have um, I have a choco pie, which is not quite a pie. It's a Japanese like chocolate covered like pie. It's a very cheap like dessert. I heard, I heard the words I chocolate it. and pie and that you, you, you got me. You're yeah. Already, you already sold. Choco me. pie. Oh, okay. I'm not going to eat it. Oh, my goodness gracious. Andy and I are hungry. Yeah. That's why we started talking about Girl Scout cookies, and now we're ending just talking about how we want to eat French fries and hot chocolate. Yeah, and now it's like too late. It really uh, see the thing is, unfortunately, because I live alone, I I can bake a pan of brownies right now if I want to. I'm gonna have to tell myself that this would be a bad thing. Don't to, do it. To have Don't to, do they'd it. be ready at two a.m. I have to wait till three a.m. for them to cool and set. And then I'd eat them and then, well, I'm going to have to exercise after that because I don't want to go right. So and I'm, there's so, no way that you can go to sleep with the smell of brownies wafting in the air. It's like yeah. going to sleep with too strong of a fabric, uh, of a so fabric softener, you know, when the smell is just like, oh my God, this is too much. Like, I love a brownie. Yeah. But when you're trying to fall asleep. It's, it's a, it's a thing. So I don't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> <It's a thing. laughs> maybe, maybe this is, maybe this is what will get me up early so I can go have a diner breakfast. It's like, I post, see, I, I, I post diner breakfast to Instagram, not to simply say, oh, it's, I'm, I'm on social media, so I have to post pictures of food, but so that if I get curious as to, ooh, has it been a whole month since I've had been to the diner for a good breakfast? Cause I'm not supposed, I, I've told myself I'm not supposed to do that more than once a month. Said, what's the date? Ooh, March 11th, uh, February 11th. So, Ooh, so I can this weekend yep. or Friday, I can definitely. Yep. <laughs> or tomorrow. Sorry. I, I hope that, I hope that when you're, li you, when you're listening to this podcast, your listeners, you are like, it is like 11, 10 and you're thinking about like what to do for, for lunch. And you were about to just, you know what, I'll just like make some toast and maybe melt some cheese on top of it. And now you're like, you know what, I am going to go get some take really, really good, like Korean takeout or something. Oh, okay. Pad, pad Thai for lunch. Pad Thai for we've lunch. Gotta, we've got to stop. I'm, I know it's not I'm Korean, dying, I'm right? just saying. As an yeah. Person. Mm -hmm. Andy, are you doing radio this week? <laughs> I am off this week, but I'm on uh, next week, uh, Friday at 1230 oh, okay. in the afternoon. Go to WGBHnews.org, uh, or you can go even now and see, listen to like some of my past weeks. La last week's was super fun because it was nothing but like war news, war, war tech, war tech news. Super fun, eh? Exactly. I used to. I used to. It's. It's like this. This is why. This is why you should train yourself. I should train myself not to complain because sometimes God is listening and wants to make uh, impress upon me how we're not meant to. We're we're meant to bear through things. We're not meant to complain about things and think that we're being put upon because oh, I you know I heard when you were talking to the other person about how. Uh, uh, about, uh, how how much how belabored you felt how, how put upon you were that suddenly like for the past five or six years you spent a lot of time like reading uh legal papers and research papers like how I'll I'll give you something to research that's even more depressing than like a hundred and forty page uh, hundred forty page uh uh, uh, uh propo proposal on uh on on a facial rec facial recognition law standard or. Like how how uh, about, how about you how about you spend six hours? It's, it's like uh, okay, I'm sorry, God, you're right. <laughs> the the work the the work is the work. It is before me, and it is there to be done as deliberately and as and as assiduously and sincerely as I can with the tools and the resources that I've been given. You're right. <laughs> now you see why Andy and I do this podcast together every week. Yes, yeah, uh, we, we we would in a, we would be like at that at at some point like. I would have texted you or you would have texted me to make sure that the other one knows that Google is giving out free fr loaded French fries. That's and correct. if there had been, and if we could in any way manufacture a seven minute overlap in free time, we would have, is a four Aww. top. So we would have, I, I, I'm pretty sure that we would have done that together because someday, someday, or maybe we'll sit next to each other. Like we did at the pixel event at the next Google event mm. that happens in the East coast. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? Uh, uh, one can hope. 
Indeed. Uh, as for me, if you'd like to listen to more of me, since I have a new contract, I'm back at Gizmodo. So <laughs> is the Gadgets podcast. And Yay. I just scheduled the podcast right before coming here to record this one. So you will have a brand new episode to listen to. And uh, it's a good one this week. We're talking about why everybody is saying that the queen is dead. <laughs> She's not dead, by the way. Her death has been greatly faked. Yes. By deep fakes. I, I, stop. You know, she, uh, I, I like the cut of her jib. I don't know her personally, but I only know, I only know her work and her public persona. But I like to think that every now and then there's a smile on her face that she doesn't explain. But that's the smile when she realizes exactly how many times someone has – how many times she's outlived someone who's written her, her obituary. That must have happened at least three <laughs> times by now. Where so, someone wrote it in their fifties, and they died when, like, she was, and they died when she was like sixty something, and then their replacement <sighs> like died at like eighty something when she was like nine, like eighty nine, and then their replacement died at eighty three when she was ninety five, ninety six. See, oh my goodness gracious! Well, uh, if you would like to learn more about us or read some of our old show notes, you can go to relay.fm slash material. Or you can check us out at relay.fm slash memberships to learn how you can subscribe to the Relay FM network and become a subscriber and supporting patron of this show. You can also send us, by the way, an email, materialpodcast at gmail.com if you've got any questions, comments, or <laughs> concerns. Um, I guess that's about leaves us for now, doesn't it, Andy? I, I feel as though we've done a show. We've done a show. Thank you, everyone, for joining us this week. We'll be back next week with more. Until then, be safe, be good. Have a happy. <laughs>